Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And we're going to go to uh, Acts chapter 16. But I'll challenge, am I forgetting anything, Heidi? I don't think so, but. Um, I challenge you with this. Look through the book of Acts and see, and the epistles, and see the different kind of services that they had. Sometimes they had uh, what we might call outreach services, but they were, you know, winning the lost, stuff like that. Miracles are going on. But they had believers meetings too. If you read Acts chapter 4, you'll see one of the main ones. And you'll actually see in Acts chapter 4 that a good portion, or if not all, but a good portion, the majority of the people that were filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 were refilled in Acts chapter 4. And Paul actually said this in Ephesians. I think it's chapter 5. But he said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. You know, sometimes people think, well, I need my glass of wine. Paul would have said, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so they'll, they, 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 what's the implication? The implication is something natural that you used to turn to, turn to the Lord instead and be filled and that, that passage in Acts chapter or in uh, Ephesians, it actually in the Greek, it's a play on the Greek word, and it means be being filled. In other words, be being filled. Do you know if you fill your time with things that don't spiritually fill you, you'll be filled with something else, and you're not going to have the joy that you desire. Amen. So. Now, when we come together, should we be filled? Yeah. Should we be refreshed? Yes. But you don't need Pastor Joy uh, doing the two-step <laughs> or kneel on the drums for you to be filled. You can be filled at home. Actually, I'll put it this way. You should be filled at home. Amen? So fill up with the Lord. He's good. He'll sit down, he'll sit down with you and minister to you and get you real full of the Holy Spirit. And what you'll find is, and I hear the Spirit of God saying it, some of your physical issues will disappear. I hear him, I hear him right now. He's saying it. Some of the depression things that you think have a hold of you, they actually don't. They're just harassing and there's a fight going on and you just need to finish that enemy off. But if you get filled, woo, the enemy doesn't like being around filled believers. He exits. Amen? So when you think about rest after a long day, think about sitting down or in the morning, sitting down, wherever the, whenever the time is, and focusing on the Lord. And get so filled that you just overflow everywhere you go. Brother Hagin used to say this to us. Such a good example. Have you ever got a sponge real full of water? But not like where it's dripping, but it's just full, 
And you can actually set it somewhere, and it won't leak everywhere because that sponge is holding it, right? But if you touch that sponge anywhere, what happens? Yeah, water comes out, right? You should be so full of the word and the spirit that somebody just comes by you and touches you just a little bit. All of a sudden, God just rolls out. Now, that's part of the vision of this church, that we would be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke unbelief. Because some of you are thinking, yeah, I've tried this. Stop it. Stop it. How many seen that old skit uh, with uh, the guy from uh, Heart, Newhart? Yeah, what was his name, Bob Newhart? Have you seen that old skit where he's a counselor? It's an old, I don't, it's not Saturday Night Live, but it's kind of that type of thing. But the person comes in for counseling and his advice is stop it. <laughs> to everything. This lady's like, she's like, I have this fear that I'm going to be put in a coffin and I'm going to be buried alive and da 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 you know, and all this stuff. And the, and the, and the actual meeting is only five bucks. And she's, she's, she has a notepad. She's like, should I write it down? He said, well, you can if you want, but we find that most of our patients can remember. It's, ju it's just two words. And she's like, okay. And so... He, she shares her problem, and he's, like, real aggressive. You know, if you watched him in his TV show, he wasn't aggressive. But in this skit, it's, it's comedic. And he says, stop it. And she's like, oh, oh, you know. And he's like, well, she's like, but I get so afraid when I start thinking. And he said, stop it. Stop thinking about it. Okay. Go like this. It's okay. This is good. I want this to get it. Say, my mind, my mind is my mind. It's, my mind. it's not the devil's mind. It's, devil's it's, mind. it's, my, mind. it's my mind. I control it. It's your mind. It's not somebody else's mind. Your bitter friend is not your mind. Her, your, her, her, her bitterness is, your mind is not their, her place to dump garbage. My mind is not a trash bin for people's bitterness and anger. and I'm not living in that. My mind is my mind. I control it. And it's sharp. I have the mind of Christ. I am sharp. The Holy Ghost brings all things to my remembrance. Whew. That's so good. Especially like if you're like me. I smoked weed. Not, not last week, all right? <laughs> but I will say this. If you did last week, bless the Lord. You're forgiven, and the Lord will help you. Or if you're struggling with that, he'll help you. Amen? He helped me. But, you know, it's proven marijuana doesn't make you smarter. <laughs> it does not. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. Okay? But... When I got saved, you know, my mind wasn't right, but over time, he healed me. I'm sharp. I remember what I need to remember, and I have the mind of Christ. Amen? All right. Now, I could skate along here for a long time, just bouncing around, ministering to people's different thoughts, but I'm going to go to my message here. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right? So, um, but just remember that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't, don't Stop allowing the enemy to lead your expectation with dread. Amen? Especially us that have been through things. Everybody has, but like if you've been through more severe things, the enemy will come and talk to you. He says, you're going to do that again, you loser. And you need to talk back. I'm, my value is not based on my performance. It was based on what Jesus paid for me. So who's the loser? Because you can't be redeemed, devil. You're the loser. I'm the winner because Jesus paid his life for me. That means God sees value in me, which means I have that value. So I see myself that way, not in an arrogance, with humility, recognizing that that same value is placed on every individual. Amen? So, so don't let dread and fear lead you. Sufficient for the day is the worry and the fear. Don't worry about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? God's going to take care of me. What about next year? God's going to take care of me. What about the year after that? God's going to take care of me. He's going to hold me. I'm kept by him. And you have to talk that way outside of here. Even if you've messed up a lot over the years and not done what you're supposed to, keep talking that way. You say, why? James says it'll be like a rudder on a ship. It'll steer you into the place that you should be. Amen? All right. And you need to hear his voice. Okay, let's get after it. Part five. <laughs> so all the messages on this subject uh, are available online. Uh, you can go to YouTube, the YouTube channel, which is at FFC Billings 509, and you can uh, find all the messages there. And if you want to be a part of the email that I send out middle of the week, usually Tuesday, between Tuesday and Thursday, I send it out. Uh, just a review. I give you some of my notes. You can text Life in Christ to 84576 and get plugged into that. Sign up for what you need to. Um, but we've been talking about hearing the voice of God, and we've covered quite a bit of ground um, and, we, and the reason why we're doing all this, um, we've shared. But um, I want to get into Acts chapter 16. And we, last week we talked about the voice. We, we got into, we're talking about the voice of our shepherd and then the voices of strangers, okay? So we have one voice that we're to follow, but there are stranger voices out there. And there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of option to be able to listen to. And something that I know that the Lord is dealing with our church about, now I don't know about everybody around the world, because we're not preaching to all the world. We're preaching in our area here, and with our church specifically. So I don't know what God has other pastors on, and what he's dealing with concerning their congregations. But here, one of the things that the Lord is dealing with us about is getting rid of overgrowth and pruning our lives, and getting narrowed down into the things that he desires for us to be narrowed down in. In other words, I'm doing exactly like Jesus. Jesus said this when he was on the earth. He said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only, wow, this is powerful, say what I hear my father say. I wonder what our language or our conversation, and you know, sometimes people get over-spiritual, and they think, you know, I can't say hi and be friendly to people because I don't hear the Father saying that. You know, they, they turn it into something that they shouldn't in their zeal. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is, I'm on mission from God, and I hear from him, and whatever I see him do, and whatever I hear him say, those are the two things that I'm focused on. That's the motivation for the leadership in my life. 
And then every step of the way in our lives, that increases as we go to where actually by the time that I'm old, 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 talking about me, that by the time that this tent is pretty rickety, you know what I mean? Age, right? Age happens to everybody. I haven't met anybody that has been able to beat it yet, okay? By the time I'm rickety old, I can say with Paul, I have finished my course. Woo, some of you don't believe it, but you need to. Because you think you messed up too much to do it, and you're wrong. All right, well, I'm just going to throw that out there. Let you sit on it for a while. So we're pruning things out. So God, his voice, the voice of the shepherd is the one we follow. The voice of strangers is the one that we do not follow. And we've looked at several examples, four ministry times or four messages worth. And last week we talked about the voice of curiosity. And this week I want to hit on zeal to obey the call can be a stranger voice. And then secondly, I want to hit, because it ties together, stranger voices can be voices of our own family. Now, I'm going to repeat what I said in Vessels this morning, because I need to say it again. I am not telling all the kids and teenagers in here that your parents are a stranger voice, because they're not. They're your parents. Amen? And I need to make that clear because sometimes teenagers, especially in spirit-filled camp, they'll go, well, God's telling me something opposite of my parents. I'm going to do what I want. No, the Holy Spirit is not leading you counter to the written word. Now, I'm talking about if you're in their home under their leadership. Now, once, you're, once, you're, uh, once you leave and cleave, right? Once, once you leave the home, like I don't call Kylie up every day and go, uh, here's what you need to do today. Nope. She's, I, we trained her up and we went, <laughs> that's not quite how it went. <laughs> She's out. Why? We did our part. As parents, right? So I'm not talking about, there's, there's, there's a balance here in all of this and we need to think biblically in it and not let, the, not let our mind go places that it shouldn't. But keep it under control. If you're in your parents' home, now you may, be, you may be past high school, but if they're paying your bills, guess what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Priscilla. Help me now. <laughs> if I'm paying for your stuff, then you're not ready to do everything on your own yet. Amen. All the parents said, glory to God. It is. <laughs> okay. So stranger voices can happen through family as well. All right. So let's look at Acts chapter 16, and we'll talk about the zeal thing first. Verse number six. Acts 16, verse six. Okay. Remember, we're not fighting people. Our battle is against, not against flesh and blood. Who's it against? It's against the enemy, right? We'll just, we'll just categorize it that way. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're in a battle against our enemy, okay? Acts chapter 16, verse 6. I want you to see this. We left off here last week. It says, now when they, and this is Paul and his ministry crew, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were what? Forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. 
They were forbidden to share the gospel? That's what it says, right? And who forbid them? The Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at this before you think it's sacrilegious. The Holy Spirit not only knows where we are supposed to be, but he also knows when we're supposed to be there. The Holy Spirit knows where each of us is most effective for his purposes. This is why we must follow our shepherd. Was the Holy Spirit saying, I forbid you to preach there because I've condemned those people to hell? He was just saying, it's not your voice they need to hear. They need somebody else. Do you see it? Okay, we'll, we'll prove it more. We'll prove it more. The Holy Spirit may forbid you to share the gospel. Ooh, it's just, it's just you know, especially us wild-haired Pentecostals, right? It's like, you know, if somebody's breathing, you need Jesus, you know what I mean? It's like, if they're not, we'll raise you up and then tell you you need Jesus, you know? Let me, let me, let me read this to you. They did not have to go through the, pro, or they, it says this, they did, now this is the history of this. They did have to go through the provinces of Asia. However, so they had to walk through it. But they were forbidden to preach while they're walking through it. Now watch this. For, uh, it says this, for days, perhaps weeks, they had to travel without spreading the word, saying nothing on, in behalf of the Lord. One commentary says it this way, this must have been diffi very difficult for Paul. <laughs> he felt constrained, moved by the mighty compulsion of Christ's love to preach to everybody. He felt necessity laid upon him. Paul made this statement, and I've quoted it, and I agree with it. Woe is unto me if I, if I preach not the gospel. Now, let's look at those passages. 2 Corinthians 5, 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 11. That's to your right. It says this. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. This is Paul's word. words. We persuade men, but we, are, but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. What is Paul, what is his motivation here? He said, I know the terror of the Lord. I try to persuade men. Yet in Acts chapter 16, the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't, go, don't preach here. All right, look at, uh, go to the next one uh, for me, Aiden. Uh, for, verse 14. For we do not commend ourselves again to you. Oh, there we are. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. What, com what, what compelled Paul? The love of Christ. Did Paul have the love of Christ in him walking through Asia? But the Holy Spirit said, nope, not right now. Isn't this fun? I, some of you that I'm looking at, that you've been with the Lord for a while, this is, it, it'll challenge you. Now, if you're new to this, it's like, well, you know, I never share the gospel with anybody. Well, you might be on the other side of the coin. We might need to preach something else. But he's compelled. He's compelled by the love of Christ, yet the Holy Spirit says, nope, don't say anything yet. Woo, it's good, isn't it? All right, skip down to verse uh, 18. If you can get down there. 
Paul says this, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Yet he couldn't do it in Asia. So was zeal the right leading? But he feels compelled. He feels constrained. He has the ministry. This is my ministry. This is my ministry. This is my ministry. And yet the Lord said, not right now. You see it? Some of you have things in your heart and you're not wrong. It's just your timing's off. Okay. This is good, isn't it? All right, go to, go, uh, I'm going to skip uh, verse 20. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, 16. And this is that verse I quoted earlier. He says this, Paul says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, and woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I wonder if he felt necessity coming against the Holy Spirit saying, Nope. In other words, what's going on on the inside of him? I want to do this, but the Lord's saying no. In other words, my want to isn't always a leading of the Lord. Boy, this is going to take time out of my life, Sean. That's exactly what it's going to do. Because in order for me to hear proper... Listen. All right, hear me. There's glitter everywhere up here. Like we had a women's conference or something, you know. <clears throat> anyway, focus, Sean. You know, jeez. It's why many times people who are called and anointed have not seen lasting fruit. Because the call was right, the timing and the place were off. Now, listen to me. That doesn't mean it's over. It just means I need to make adjustments so that I'm in the right place at the right time. Now watch, many times the reason why the timing is not right and or the place has to do with internal spiritual growth first. In other words, there's a standard for the office and the character is the standard first, not the call. I'm going to say it again. The character is the standard first, not the call. I'm going to say it this way. The character ranks over the anointing to minister. I'm going to say it again. The character ranks higher than the anointing to minister does. Well, I sense the anointing when I minister. That's great. But that's not what defines whether you're ready to do what God has called you to do. Your character has to be strong because your character will hold you where your call takes you. Your call, your ministry will take you before great men, but your character will hold you there. If you don't have character, but you have all the power of the position and the ability to control certain things, but there isn't character there to be able to, to, to live under the constraint of morality, the constraint of holiness, the constraint of the fruit of the Spirit, then you'll end up actually causing shipwreck in your life and in others. How many ministers have you seen run off? And how did it affect people through the years? Amen? 
People say, well, then I have to be perfect. No, no, no. You just have to be mature. Amen? All right, all right, it's good. Okay. So Paul learned a very important lesson that we need to learn and to practice as well. That lesson is that the Lord may not have you share the gospel in certain situations or places. Verse number seven, after they had come to Mycenae, now I will say this, the desire to preach is right all the way through this. That desire should never go away. But that's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's the nature of God within you to preach, to, to have that desire to preach and to share the love of God with everybody. But the leading of the Holy Spirit will come along and go, now's the time, share. Do you want better results? Learn that. Learn that. Oh, I, I know the answer for Ryan. I know it. But is it time for me to say it? Is this the place and the time? And the Holy Spirit may say, nope, I'm still working on that individual. Let's give them a year. Ooh, that tests me, right? I got this burning in my heart. And you could miss it. I could miss it. This is fellowship. This is intimacy. Come on, parents. Have you ever known what your kids should do? but you know they won't hear it. And so you do what? You hold. But when you're in faith and you're in fellowship with the Lord, wow, you can hold on to things and you can intercede on behalf of the individual until the Lord brings about you and them into this moment. People call it kairos time or ministry, it's in the Bible, right? That's a common thing now, where you come in and the Lord has them in a place and you in a place and then all of a sudden, words are exchanged, thoughts from God, gospel is preached. I'm not just talking about salvation, I'm talking about words from God are given and words from God are received and both people are in a place to receive and to share and then what happens, God's purpose gets accomplished. Where if you tried to force it, even though you saw it previously, it would never work. You may be rocking and rolling and ready, but they may not. You see it? Stranger voice. Well, I know the answer. That's not enough. How patient is God with us? I, can see, I see it in the spirit. If you'll wait with him and you'll follow him, what you feel like is out of reach, it'll seem like it's gonna take a little bit of time, but once it comes, it will multiply so fast that you'll go, whoa, I'm glad this didn't happen earlier. What I've found with the Lord is this, especially with me, because I can be, I, my tendency in the natural because it's, it's not my nature anymore. But my tendency in the natural would be to be impatient and try and force it. But when I've learned to wait and let him lead, ooh, it's amazing. And then it'll, I've found the moment you're ready, boom, it happens. The moment you're ready to handle it, boom, it happens. Amen? All right. 
So then they come to they had come to Mycenae. They tried to go into Bithynia, but what happened in verse 7? The Spirit, what? Did not permit them. Again, the Holy Spirit does not allow them to go into an area to preach. I want to share with you some biblical history here that will help you understand the importance of the subject we are talking about. Remember, we're talking about following our shepherd's voice. We know from the next two scriptures in Acts 16, verse 8 and 9, we know that the Lord had Paul go to Troas and then to Macedonia. What is not seen right here is that God has other ministers planned for these areas. Now, I'm going to give you some history, all right? Because Bithynia is very prone to legalism, God has this nation prepared for the preaching of Peter. Go ahead and put up 1 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, if you would, please, that passage of Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, you could write it in your notes, but it says this. Is that 1 Peter 1.1? 1, 1? Oh, there we go. The first one, I was like, that ain't 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, what is he? To the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and... Bithynia. Who went there? Paul passed by while God knew he was sending Peter. Come on, I feel the revelation coming up. And where did that come out of? That came out of understanding the history of the book of Acts. Well, that seems, you know, I just need the Holy Ghost. No, you need the history too. So then you'll understand. Paul was, was sent somewhere else. Peter was sent to Bithynia. In other words, I've been saying this for weeks. We are called to go into all the world to preach the gospel. You are not. Okay, come on, think with me. God has a specific place for you. We are the body of Christ. I said this before when Jim Hockaday was here. Imagine if, we, if the body of Christ was one big eyeball. We're just a giant eyeball everywhere. Everybody's an eyeball. How weird would my face look with just a giant eyeball right here? No, not everybody is the same part. So please stop trying to be something you're not. Well, I desire it. Is that the Lord's desire or your desire? Once you get into your anointing, into your place, you will be so happy. The frustration and all of that will dissipate. And a lot of times, your call, my call, is very, it's much more practical than we'd like to think. It's going to work every day and ministering and developing healthy relationships with your coworkers so you can share the love of God with them. It's, it's, it looks like day-to-day -day living the gospel. It's, it's, it's relational between a husband and wife being a demonstration to the kids about what the body of Christ, the body and Christ, the marriage of the two, looks like in unity. That's many times the call first. And then from that, other things can come forth. Amen? Are you doing all right? 
Are you, are you, is it helping you think a little bit different? Okay. Let's look at this. First, Peter was written to the believers of Bithynia, and the subject is apostasy, and it, and which is, uh, the subject is apostasy. Legalism leads to apostasy, so I'm still giving you a little bit of history here on verse 7, Acts 16, 7. God wants Peter to write to them because he is also prone toward legalism. Come on, think, 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 thinkers. <laughs> Peter did what when Jews came down to a meeting to fellowship in Jerusalem or wherever it was, and Paul showed up. Peter separated from the Gentiles when higher-ranking Jews showed up. Why? Because Peter has a prone, he's prone to legalism. He was afraid of what the higher-ranking Jews that were saved, we're going to think of him, so he separated himself out. So Paul, being the good friend that he is, called him out in front of everybody. That's so cool. Until it happens to you. But it is still cool. <laughs> right? As we saw earlier, Paul was forbidden to go to Asia. Since John understood love, God chose him to write to Asia. It's true. You look at the history of it. It makes perfect sense. And God understands this all. Paul would have been too rough. You think Paul was rough? I find it amusing when people say, well, if I was around when Paul was around, I'd be on his ministry team. And I sometimes think, oh, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't make it. I don't, I don't know if I would make it. I like to think I would, but that's, you know, Reality versus, right? It says this, Paul could have been too rough and the people probably would not have received God's message through him. Asia and the people of Bithynia will more easily receive rebuke from Peter and John rather than from Paul. We are all a team and have individual roles to play. And this applies directly to this church. Where are you at? What city do you live in? Where did God tell you to be? In other words, what place are you supposed to be in? Or do you treat the things of the kingdom, or I treat the things of the kingdom of God like a buffet? What do you mean, preacher? I mean, do you go, well, I like this over here, so I'm gonna do that. And then I'm gonna go over here and try this. And then I'm a, that's okay for a buffet. It's not okay for kingdom order. It's good, isn't it? it if you're not challenged by the end of this, something's wrong. Your, your ears are plugged or something. Where am I supposed to be, Lord? Not following stranger voices. If I don't, if, I, if I'm not, 
If I'm not in a place where there's a contentment and a knowing within me about what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be, first of all, it starts with fellowship and maturity with the Lord, and then it moves to, Lord, okay, what is my assignment? It always roots from fellowship with the Lord. It'll, that'll never change. But then is okay, where's my spot? Sometimes people remove themselves from their spot. I mean, through the years, if I told you how many times I've been told the Lord told me, and then three months later, the Lord told me something else, and then three months later, the Lord told me something else, and then three months later, the Lord told me something else, and then three months later, the Lord told me something else, God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't have multiple personality disorder. Now, I'm not saying God couldn't move you. What I'm saying is, is that root, depth, character, a way of operating and flowing with God from a place of maturity has specific characteristics tied to it. And those characteristics are not up, down, left, right. It's not grow real good for about a month and then uproot and go somewhere else. I've had people come in, sit here in the service, weeping during the preaching, and the worship, Spirit of God's ministering to him, come right up to me, beeline up to me right afterwards, sign up for everything we have going on as far as men's ministry, all that stuff, sign up, get in, and this is where God told me to be. I haven't seen them for months. So, you say, well, I don't want that to be my life. No, you don't, because when the storm blows, and there's no firm foundation, what's gonna happen? I'll tell you what spirit-filled believers do, and this is gonna really bless you, but it should challenge you. What a lot of spirit-filled, be I'm talking about our camp, when things go wrong, they start searching for a minister to give them a prophetic word. When many times, it's go back to where you were and stay put. Being led by the Spirit of God, the shepherd, is not haphazard. The, a good shepherd doesn't take their sheep to five different fields in one day. You got travel time to the field, then you get them starting eating, then you go over to another field, so you stop eating, now you got travel time to the next field. What is not happening? They're not getting the nutrients that they need from the field they're in. In other words, God's not distracted. He's not going, I wonder which direction I should go, guys. What do you think? We do that, right? We do that. We're not getting to the family voice, just so you know. I don't even know sure we're getting through this one. <laughs> we do that. Watch. You say, how, how do you know? God leads the children of Israel out of, the, out of Egypt. Where are they supposed to go? The promised land, right? Canaan, right? Where did they go? They made it to the desert. And then what did they do? I'm prophesying right now. 
Do I want this to be my life? You know what people do? The problem is so-and-so. They're the reason I'm not in my call. No. Question. I better be tender with this. <laughs> You're like, have you been tender? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> but you don't want me to lie to you, do you? Okay, good. How many have a gym membership with a trainer? Three people. Okay. That's all right. Do you want your, do you want your trainer to lie to you? Oh, you're doing fine. I know. Travis just won his fight. Travis, raise your hand. He just won his fight. And he preaches the gospel after he's done. So you get somebody used to preach the gospel. So it's good to win because then you get a platform to, you know. But what if his trainer said to him, you'll be fine. And he's going to fight the number two guy. You'll be fine. Oh, that form doesn't really matter. Just eat whatever you want. <laughs> right? Then what happens when you get in the ring? You get beat. All right, let me ask you this. Stay, stay with me for just a minute here. Do you ever feel like the children of Israel, you're passing by the same problem over and over? It's the same scenery over and over. So is the problem God or is the problem me? Then I have to do what? I have to hear him. Now watch, it starts with being open to hear. I do this. I've done, Lord, I'm not changing in this area. Why? He took me back to something he told me 10 years ago. If you do this, and I'm having success in other areas, but this area is really bugging me because I'm not seeing the Canaan land that I'm supposed to. And, I, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, Lord, why is this? He said, because I told you to do this, Sean, and you haven't done it. Is that God's fault? It's my fault. Do you know, uh, I heard Kenneth Copeland say this years ago, and I thought it was good. Sometimes you just got to step up to the whipping post and take it like a man. You say, what do you mean that, by that? God's going to beat me? That's not what I'm saying. He disciplines us, though. In other words, I got to step up there and go, okay, God, what did I do? Where am I at? What do I need to fix? Do I need to repair something? Do I need to speak to somebody? Do I need to, Lord, show me where I zigged when I should have. If you were driving somewhere naturally and you feel like you're driving and you're supposed to be finding a particular address, but you just keep going around and you keep seeing the same houses over and over, don't you think there would be we're going the wrong way. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what he did for Peter, for Paul, for John. He led them where they were supposed to be. Now, I know I've gotten a little practical here outside of the ministry aspect, but the leading, the shepherd's voice leads all the same because your ministry, if you're called to ministry, is at the end or in the place of your obedience. 
Okay, let me say it this way. In other words, if you wanna get to the call, you have to follow the shepherd to that place. It won't come by changing the scenery. Okay, you can move to another state, but it still won't change the path to get to the place where God has for you. All you'll do is change the external, because let me help you with something. Canaan land today under the, under, the, under the new covenant, Canaan land is not a physical place. We're not going to a physical place in a sense. Canaan land is being led by the Holy Spirit because we now, wherever the sole of our foot treads, we have authority now. So if I'm led to Billings, guess where my prosperity is? Guess where my healing is? Guess where my provision is? The fullness of my life, the end of my run, the crown set aside for me, the breaking of the tape to my race, where is it at? For me, it's in Billings, Montana. That's where it is. Now, it may spread out from there someday, but I can't think about someday. I have to think about the steps here. Many times we're living way out there while this is all full of weeds and overgrowth. Come on, get the steel weed eater going and start cleaning stuff out. Poison the trash, curse the trash, curse the junk in our lives and get rid of the junk, the clutter in our lives and get so laser focused that you're right where you're supposed to be. Don't be distracted by the culture. Don't be caught up in the what's next, what's new, what's, what's show, flash, glitter everywhere. <laughs> don't, don't get wrapped up in all of that. Be focused hearing and seeing the shepherd. And while you're walking through Asia and you're not able to preach, fellowship with the Lord and look to him so that when it comes time and the Lord says, here, here, you go, bam, bam, I'm ready. Get rid of all the other stuff. Forgive, let it go. Amen? If you do, I'm telling you what, I didn't get anywhere I wanted to toward the end of my notes. <laughs> so, but I'll send stuff out that I didn't say via flock note. Listen, don't miss, don't overlook this like that's too simple. Do you know that some of you you're, you're upset like you don't have the joy that you should because you're just not walking in love with somebody. In other words, you got hurt, but you're owning the hurt. You haven't forgiven. Well, I said I forgave. Well, then stop talking about it. Okay, I'll say it like this. If the Lord says to you, I heal you, and then you say, okay, I receive that, Lord. But then you say, you hold on to an unforgiveness. Do you know what you're actually doing? You're, you put the seed of healing in the ground and you leave it alone. But you keep watering and tending the unforgiveness. And you wonder why it keeps blooming. I know, I know, 
A spirit-filled people, we want a prophetic word to make it go away. Well, thus saith the Lord. If you keep watering it, How do you get a weed out of your garden? <laughs> my, my dad would say chemical warfare. <laughs> but you know the best weed control is a healthy lawn. Just fill up a hundredfold in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Does that help? Boy, it's helping me if it ain't helping you. I'm glad I came today. <laughs> I mean, Joe, you want to come? I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. I got answers today for me. How many of you desire to be exactly where God wants you to be? Now, don't make it a selfish thing in the sense of focus on the Lord. Don't focus on you. You know, sometimes people are like, I want to be as far as this person that I really love. You know, as I, I admire their walk with the Lord and stuff like that. I want to be as far as they are. Well, how did they get to where they are? I know that seems so simple, but it is as simple as choosing every day like, if you want to be more thankful, it's as simple as saying, thank you, Lord, every day. And I know that sounds like, well, that's not going to do it. No, it will. You will, you, will, you will steer your ship with the rudder of your tongue right where you need to be. Because every one of you that's looking at me, including myself, God has a purpose for our lives and it includes every aspect of our life, all of it. I'm not just talking about a five-fold ministry or any of that stuff. It includes every aspect of our lives, from our businesses to our marriages to our families, every aspect of our life, front to back, top to bottom, birth to death. God has a perfect plan for you and me. And all it takes is us to go, Lord, we're here, we're open to you. We haven't arrived, but we've left. Let's keep moving that direction. And we're gonna pray about that again before we quit, but every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today and you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus right now, just raise your hand where you're at. You don't know for sure. Yes, I see that hand. I see it. Yep, thank you. Anybody else? You don't know for sure that you're going to heaven. I know online we have people watching. If you want to receive Jesus, yes, I see your hand. Yep, thank you. <clears throat> Anybody else? You want to receive Jesus? Yep, I saw your hand. Yep, I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Want to join these? in praying to receive Christ. It could be you've wandered off from him. Um, I don't know that I see a lot of uh, visitors here like that, but that's okay. We'll give you opportunity. I don't know everybody's heart. We have anybody online, uh, Michael? Okay, thank you. 
All right, let's pray with these, shall we? If you want to repeat with me, repeat with me uh, this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus who came to this earth, lived a sinful life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent of my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are born again. Now I want to pray with you. Our altar care workers are up here and they're available, especially if you gave your heart to the Lord this morning or rededicated. Please come up and get our new believers pack. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to help you get going in your relationship with the Lord. But I want to pray for us all real quick before we go. We want to be in God's perfect will. And we're not going to worry about this. This is not panic. This is just knowing I'm where I'm supposed to be. So Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. As a group, we desire to know exactly what you want us to do. Lord, we thank you, and I thank you in advance. I see this. The Lord is going to put his hand on things in your life where you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. But then I see him handing you a pair of shears. And he's going to ask you to cut off some things that you're not supposed to do or you're not supposed to be involved in. And the reason why is he's not taking it away in the sense of you're losing something. He said this, I can hear him saying this. He said, I want you to gain strength in other areas because I have a purpose down the road that you don't even know the fullness of yet. And I hear him, I can see it in the spirit right now. I can see it. And so Lord, we purpose, we will do that. We will remove the things you tell us to and keep the things you tell us to. But Lord, our ultimate purpose is to fellowship with you and just do what you asked us to do. So we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.